into your classes this morning. Church, you can take a seat this morning. I want to say thank you to uh, our team, our team at TCC East. Um, I was able to split my team at church this morning, and we brought these guys with me, and then we have another group uh, playing over there right now at 10, uh, 10.30 this morning. And so very blessed to have an amazing team, thankful that we, we get to hang out every day together. We, we, we spend a lot of time together with, like David said, we, we, do, commu- we do life a, a lot together. It's not just a Sunday thing for us. It's not just playing music, but it's like actually breaking bread, doing life. Um, and I'm blessed to have these guys as part of my life, and they're, they're literally a part of my extended family. And so uh, we're, when I shared with them that I was coming here, and I told them, hey, we're going to take a team because we want to be able to serve Sunrise. Sunrise has done so much for uh, the church planning movement that I, I wanted to, uh, to bless you and thank you for, for being a, a catalyst church that goes out and is about the gospel. There's a, there's a sign that I, I took a picture of in Pastor Russ's office, and I, I want to read it to you because I, I don't think it's by coincidence that we're talking about the kingdom of God. And, uh, but it, it says it's, there's a poster in his office, and don't tell him I was in his office, but I was in there praying this morning. Uh, it says, multiplying churches. Multiplying churches, and on the bottom it says, because more churches are needed to fulfill the Great Commission, we commit ourselves to being a healthy church that multiplies and reproduces healthy churches to the glory of God. That's, that is what Sunrise is all about, and I am, I am honored to be here with you this morning. I'm super thankful that my wife and my kids are here with me. Um, I, I would say about two years ago, uh, I was interning here for about three months. And I was going down my journey of, of being a church planner, kind of getting uh, my feet wet and just kind of experiencing so many different things in our, in our life and transition in my life and my family's life. And we were so blessed to just be able to rest and learn from you. And now we are uh, officially launched our campus at, uh, right there off of Mooney, um, 1878 Mooney, North Mooney, right across the old winery here in Tulare. Uh, we have... A beautiful building and our team's been working hard since Easter Sunday we all that work really started in my in my living room um, like these guys that were just playing they were all part of my living room we all started kind of gathering it went from 25 to 50 to 50 uh, 60 over the summer and then now we were about 130 140 people all new people that are coming into a, a new body um, and so why I share that with you is because that, that is a testimony of what God has been doing through mentoring and through God just working uh, through churches like Sunrise. I've been working and hanging out with Pastor Russ uh, through that journey and Pastor Tim Vink as well. And um, they've really been speaking into my life and just calling a lot of uh, the gold in me and seeing uh, things that I maybe never saw in myself, but they were able to mentor me and walk me through some of this stuff. So I'm super excited to just say thank you to Pastor Russ. I know he's probably seeing me uh, through the, uh, your live stream, but thank you to you guys for allowing Pastor Russ to do what he does. Um, it's, it's an amazing opportunity to be able to call myself a, a church planner um, and being mentored still by him. And so through that mentoring, he, des- he described to me that you guys are going through a, um, you have a theme, correct, 
for the year, which is the kingdom of God. And, he, and, and this is something that, that wasn't planned. It was like really like the Lord just kind of like putting it together and said, okay, the Lord's been really teaching us at TCC about the kingdom of God and my family as well. Um, and he said, you know, our theme at Sunrise is actually the kingdom of heaven. That is the king theme that we are kind of discovering together this whole year. And uh, he told me to let you know that this next fall, you guys are going hard at this. Like, we're going to really dig deep in what this really means, the kingdom of heaven. And I, I wanted to start with this morning with a sermon that I had wanted to share with you on the kingdom of God. It's a, it's a parable. Um, and I wanted to really spend time with it. But before we do that, I want to invite you into my life. Ladies and gentlemen, I am a broken man. I, I'm, I am in desperate need of a relationship with Jesus. I need Jesus every single day to be a good father, a good husband. I cannot function without Jesus in my life. I am broken right now. I need him all the time. And so before I go to anything, I want to let you know that I come to you with a humble heart, knowing that I am in need of Jesus. We all need him this morning. We all need him this morning. I desperately, I, I, I never want to lose the desperate need to have a relationship with the Lord, to be one with the Lord, to be able to hear him through the Holy Spirit, through his word. And so my family, the last, year, uh, well, last year, at the end of the year, I was... I had the honor to share a, a sermon with our church, and it was really a sermon. It's one of these sermons that the Lord gave, not just to the church, but to me specifically. And I, I called it, Lord, give me eyes to see and ears to hear. And so this whole year we've been praying as a family, Lord, give us eyes to see, ears to hear. And that means in all things that we do, if that means coaching, if that means leading a congregation, if that means in in our education field, working in a nonprofit, whatever we're doing, raising our children in our marriage, Lord, give me eyes to see and ears to hear. That's been our desperate prayer every, every time. Anytime we end a prayer, we always say, Lord, give us eyes to see, ears to hear. And so the reason why I share that with you is because the only way we can experience the kingdom of God is that we, if we have eyes to see and ears to hear. Eyes to see and ears to hear. And so, that's not my sermon title. That's just my introduction to what I'm going to pray for sunrise. That the Lord will give you eyes to see and ears to hear as you guys go into this next six months of this year. That the Lord will experience and show you what the kingdom of God is all about. Starting today when we talk about this parable. And so... Let us pray. Lord, thank you this morning for your word. Thank you for your spirit that is here, Lord. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, we honor you. We welcome you. Open our eyes to see and our ears to hear as we go into your word, Lord. Show us what you want us to to apply in our life today and how we should live out our life this morning. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. So the par- parable, parable that I'm going to be reading today comes from Matthew chapter 13, verses 44 through 46. And it reads, it's the parable of the hidden treasure in a pearl. And it reads, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, it is hidden again, and he hides it again. And then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, that kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. 
when he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. This is the word of the Lord. You guys got to say, praise be to God. <laughs> praise be to God. So before we dive into the text this morning, I want you guys uh, to just, I want to take this time to just really talk about what a parable actually is. And the, the root word or parable comes from the Greek word para, which means alongside. So basically a parable is a story alongside a biblical truth. So if, we, if you know me, and you know that I love sharing stories. And you're you're going to hear some stories that I will share about just how the Lord has been working in our team and in, in my family as well. But Jesus was a storyteller. And that's what, I love Jesus because he would tell stories all the time describing the kingdom of heaven. And not everyone would understand. And he would use parables to describe the kingdom of God because he wanted to see who's really who's really listening. Who really wanted to hear? See, in the kingdom of heaven, uh, the word kingdom of heaven in the book of Matthew, we see it being used 32 times. So for you and I, that means it's, it should be a, an important thing. If, some, if Jesus is describing the kingdom of God 32 times in a book, that means we should be paying attention. We should be listening to what this is. Most of the time when he talked about the kingdom of God, it was referring people, the people of God, or the kingdom. He's trying to describe what the kingdom is. And so this morning, I want to give my sermon a title just for the sake of being able to unpack what this parable is. And that title is, if we have Jesus, then we have everything we need. And I want to use this title so we can, it can guide us and help us unpack this parable. If we have Jesus, then we have everything we need. See, as Jesus spoke about the kingdom of heaven, there was always an invitation to Scripture. Invitation for that, for that word to be to heard. Not everybody could hear, though. And the disciples would talk to him about, why do you speak in parables so much? And Jesus replied in Matthew 13, verses 10 through 17, he said, he replied, because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have not been given to, to you, have been given to you, but not to them. Whoever will, has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For the people's hearts have been calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their ears, see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes, because they see, and your ears, because you hear. For I Truly, for truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but did not see it. And hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Church, this morning, we can easily miss what Jesus is doing in our community, in our family, in our surroundings, 
if we're not allowing the Holy Spirit to guide us, to lead us, to open our eyes to see and our ears to hear. See, the kingdom of God is, is, is a powerful thing. And in this passage, as we talk about the, the, the parable of the treasure and the hidden uh, treasure, I want to read that again. See, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it and hid it again, and in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. So, a lot of times we read scripture and we read it like a book where we're just reading it. We read it fast and we think we got it. Lord, I read it, now I know what to do. It's an instruction, so I'm going to just go do it. Sometimes the Lord wants us to spend time with him in scripture. And I, I've been learning, my wife and I have been learning the art of, of slow reading. Being able to slow down and read scripture for what it actually is. Now, it's not just a book, but it's, it's, a, it's an intimate relationship that Jesus is expressing to us through his word. And as we slow down, we start to really unpack some of these things that Jesus really meant. So a lot of times we see this parable and we think about it and we're like, man, well, I mean, sell everything and go after this treasure and this pearl. And a lot of times when I read that passage, I, I thought that's what it meant. That's what that it meant. But in reality, what I feel like it meant, what I see the Lord showing me through scripture and showing me through like my day to day is that these men that sold everything for this treasure and this pearl it's not about necessarily them selling everything. It's about what they found in this treasure, in this pearl. The significance, the value of it. The value that these, this treasure and this pearl actually meant to these two men. And a lot of times our relationship with the Lord, do we really value him at the most high thing in our life? That's what we're talking about this morning. Do we really value him at being the highest thing in our life? Because this pearl, this per parable is showing us that the treasure in this pearl, actually, the significance of it is Jesus. And Jesus is introducing himself to these men. And these men have found in this story, you can see these men go sell everything they have for this treasure and pearl that is significantly showing us who Jesus is. See, Jesus desires us to value him above everything else in this world. See, there is such a freedom that comes to our life when we experience that Jesus is, sustains everything in my life. He sustains my family, he sustains my children, he sustains my career, sustains everything. A lot of times we're going through life trying to figure out how to make things work, make them work in our own power, try to make, find our own healing, try to find our own income. We try to find everything that we need at our own strength. Ladies and gentlemen, the gospel, Jesus came because we couldn't do it on our own. 
That is the truth of the gospel, that, that he came as our Savior and our Lord because we couldn't do this life on our own. We can't sanctify ourselves. We can't fix a lot of the issues that we face, we can't fix on our own. We need Jesus. We need healing, that's, that's him. We need restoration, we need reconciliation with family members, that's him. We can't do it at our own strength. There's no counselor. There's nothing in this world that can satisfy or sustain what Jesus only can. And what this parable is showing us is that these men recognize that nothing they own, nothing they had in their hands could value what a relationship with the Lord could be. See, if we have Jesus, we have everything we need. These men's eyes were open to the truth of who Jesus truly is. See, if we have Jesus, we have everything we need. So as a church planner, I've been connecting a lot with different people that have been coming into our congregation. And last week I had uh, lunch or dinner with a couple that just recently moved from Ventura and moved to the valley and uh, basically sold everything to come to the valley and as I was having lunch or dinner with them, um, this, this gentleman and his wife, I can see something in their eyes. I can see something that is different. And as he shared his testimony with me about why they sold everything to come here, he started showing, sharing me a testimony that he just experienced. This gentleman was actually on his way to, to making it pretty big in the music industry. He was a part of a band that was uh, signed and had a lot of album, uh, or songs out coming out. They were coming out, and this started as a Christian band, and slowly the show started getting bigger and bigger, and their team started experiencing like sold-out concerts. And one night, one night, he, he felt the Spirit of God just speak to him and say, like, lay everything down. And so after that sold-out concert, he shares with me that he had to sit down after everybody was celebrating, everyone was excited about the show that they just experienced. He, was, he had felt like the Lord told him like that was his last show. That was his last show. And he told the band that he was no longer going to be playing with them, that he was going to go after... Uh, being in ministry. He's now in ministry. He's training to be a pastor. Uh, he's moved to the area because it's cheaper here, and he's, he just bought a house. They're, on, like they're, they're in like the last steps of, of finalizing their home. Um, but he shared with me, you can see that the, the Holy Spirit working in him, the transformation that is taking place in him, that he had the boldness to just say, even though this is going upward, even though this is exciting, this is going to probably provide for everything that I have and need that I have for my home, I'm going to lay it down to go after this, this Jesus, this relationship with the Lord. And I share this with you guys because we're talking about, do we hold Jesus at the most highest part of our life? Do we value Jesus at the most highest part of our life? My wife and I, we've been in this journey these last few years of, we know Jesus is the truth, way, and the life. We know that. Jesus is truth, way, and life. We've heard that. We've grown up in the church. We've heard that many of times. We teach truth, but do we live truth? Jesus is the way, the truth, the way, and the life. How do you live like Jesus? 
So we've been going through this, this just journey as a family, laying some of these things down that we've had and ideas of, of not just preaching truth, but how do we live this thing out? So we've been really gathering people in prayer and fasting and just seeking the Lord and trying to live like Jesus would live. And in a world, in a culture that wants nothing to do with Jesus, nothing to do with the kingdom of heaven, because they don't have eyes to see or ears to hear. They, don't, they value so many different things besides a relationship with the Lord. How do we live the gospel out? Because we can preach it. And I believe God, you know, we preach it. And we, we go around and we preach it a lot. But how do we live it out when no one's looking? When, when you're home alone and and. and you're raising your children. When you're at work, how do you live the gospel out? Are we in communion with the Lord? Are we praying? Do we hold him the most highest value in our life? Do we see him as our Lord and our Savior? Or do we just see him, hey, when we need something? Or when life is in crisis and we need a Savior? Or are we walking in communion with him? Because these men, these disciples, these men that were with the Lord that were listening and seeing and hearing, they walk with Jesus. They live with Jesus. They left their old life to the side and they gave their life to this kingdom that we're talking about. See, the value system of this world is so different from the value system of God. The world teaches us to love, love money, sex, and power. But all that does is leave us empty inside. See, in a book I recently started reading this called Counterfeit Gods, the author, Timothy Keller, defines idols from multiple angles. He says the human heart is an idol factory. The human heart is an idol factory. And in this book, he takes a good look at different things that we may not think of as idols, such as our career, our love, material possessions, and even family. And in we as human, we, we, we are easily turn these things to be ultimate things in our life. See, our, our hearts defy, define them as the center of our lives because we think that they're significant. We think that they bring security. We think that we find a safe place. We find fulfillment as we attain some of these things. I'm reminded of something when I was uh, in marriage counseling, my counselor at the time says to me, you know, your wife can't satisfy you. I said, what do you mean? I'm getting married. This is why I'm getting married. I'm 25 years old. This is something I've always wanted. Your wife can't satisfy you. Remember, babe? I'm like, uh, why am I getting married? <laughs> and now I know what he meant. I didn't know now. Eight years into our marriage, I understand. My wife cannot satisfy me, and that is not a bad thing. The only person that can satisfy me is Jesus. The only person that can satisfy me is Jesus. See, so if I realize that if I have Jesus, I have everything I need. In my relationship, in my communion with the Lord, I am able to lead my family. I'm able to lead my wife, I'm able to lead my children. Apart from Christ, I am not able to do anything. 
I cannot run a successful church. I can't do anything right without Jesus. I can't live without Jesus. I am, I've come to understand that my relationship with Jesus needs to be the most highest thing in my life. I need to value him more than anything in this world, more than my children. I can trust him. I can trust him. He satisfies me. He knows me. He loves you and I. See, the kingdom of heaven gets, gets expressed to us. It, he starts to reveal that to us once we start to know that we are loved. Once we start to understand that we are loved. See, if we have Jesus, we have everything we need. See, this morning, I want you guys to understand that the only thing that matters is Jesus in our life. If we have him, the highest thing in our life, then everything else will start making sense. Even in our own brokenness, even if we're going through some of the things that we don't know why we're going through, he starts to make sense. Even when are my suffering, in my suffering, he makes sense of my suffering. Amen, church? And my suffering, even when I'm suffering, he's, it makes sense of it. He's there with me. That's how faithful he is. That's the beauty of the kingdom of heaven. That's what heaven on earth really means, that we are in communion with God. We have fellowship with the Holy Spirit now. We have the opportunity to walk with the Lord and invite him. What does it look like for a life, for our life to look like when we fully surrender to the Holy Spirit? In our men's group, I, I, I shared that yesterday. In our men's group, I said, what would it look like for us as men, as, as a, a body of Christ, how would it look like for us to fully be surrendered to the Holy Spirit? And that means inviting him into every decision that I make. Every important decision. Even as far as like, Choosing the shirt, this nice purple shirt that I have on right now, inviting him into that relationship. I'm asking the Lord, what do you want me to wear? Because I don't want to stand out like a sore thumb at sunrise, even though I am right now. It's cool. But I'm inviting him in. This is what the kingdom of heaven is. We have access to God himself with us right now. As we're driving, as we're leading our family, as we're coaching, as we're raising our children. He lets us see things in our children that no one could, only he could. Imagine raising our family with the Holy Spirit. What amazing things we're going to discover about our children. Imagine leading an organization with the Holy Spirit. How much are we going to be able to serve people and lead people? There's no limit because we're doing it with the Holy Spirit. We're doing it with God himself. But we first have to value him. Are we willing to put everything that we had, an idea, everything that we had that we're trying to control aside and allow him to lead? I want to leave you guys with a story. I have some pictures because I told you I like to tell them stories. My life is full of stories because I, I, I believe that there's always a testimony always working. That the Lord is always working in my life. Highs and lows, the Lord is always working. Recently, my wife, uh, about three weeks ago, uh, my wife is a uh, life 
Young Lives coordinator. And Young Lives is a nationally, um, national nonprofit that works with uh, different young people. Uh, young Lives, the part she works for, um, works with teen moms. In Tulare County, if you didn't know, we, we, for a long time, we had the highest rates of teen pregnancies all over Tulare County. I think, not Tulare County, but the, the nation, the second largest number of teen moms. And we, what she does is she meets teen moms all over Tulare County, Kings County, and a lot of times schools, they don't have the resources to help mom, and so they'll send them to a school or, or they'll go independent study, and these mamas will, you know, kind of like sink or swim. If their family's with them, then they get the support. If they don't, then, then who's going to give them the support? And, and it's, this is a huge ministry because as a church, we've been really, uh, like, speaking on, like, against abortion, against all these things. But what do we do after these mamas keep the babies? And so this, this, this nonprofit is, is the hands of Jesus literally at work, meeting the needs that some of these mamas have. And two weeks ago, my, my, my wife took 15 girls to camp. And at camp, they experience just, they take their babies. So picture this. They took a bus full of 15 mamas and their babies and leaders. 15 mamas, 15 babies. A 10-hour drive. Praise God that I got to stay home because I don't know how I would survive. Kudos to my wife. They've survived. And these mamas are very emotional. They're between the ages of 12, believe it or not, to 19. And some of them have family that is active, working with them, and some don't. Some have just, like, disowned them. We don't want nothing to do with you. You figure it out on your own. You did this. You figure it out. So my, my wife and volunteers have come rally around these mamas. They hear their stories. They hear the stories. They introduce the kingdom of heaven to these, these mamas and their babies. They pray for them. Literally, I've seen, I've, I, my wife has a journal where she's praying for these mamas. God at work, right? They go to camp two weeks ago. Five of these mamas give their lives to the Lord. One of them, this is where my story I want to share with. One of them had the opportunity and she's literally having to make a choice between the baby of the, fa of the father of their babies or this new life. In her transition of, you know, getting pregnant and all that, this young girl was on her way to play collegiate softball. And at the age of 17, she gets pregnant and literally, you know, life gets turned around. Now she has to figure out how to, you know, raise a child at the age of 17. This enters my wife into her life and I start mentoring her and guiding her. In this process, baby daddy, father of the baby, if you don't know what that means, um, decides to pull a gun out on her and wants to take her life, his life, and the baby's life um, and while she's still pregnant. And for some reason, and the, like supernaturally, the Lord just 
enters that whole situation. He get, the police gets called. That doesn't happen. He gets put in jail. Now he's facing some time in jail. And now she has to make the decision to either marry him so I can go visit him or cut this out of my life and fully follow Jesus. And at camp, she makes this decision to fully follow Jesus. And with the guidance of my wife and these women, they're now fostering and caring for her needs. Ladies and gentlemen, the reason why I share this, this is the kingdom of heaven. That she found a value in a relationship that was introduced to her. His name is Jesus. That relationship is now the most highest thing that she wants to go after. And my wife and these women want to continue to foster and make sure that that focus is going to be the same all the time. Because right now she made a decision to put Jesus above everything else, above her, 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 her whole family, above this gentleman that is her baby daddy, everything. This young woman has made a decision to sell everything and go after the treasure and the pearl that is Jesus. This is the beauty of the kingdom of God. See, God is inviting us into a deep relationship with him this morning. What are we holding on a pedestal this morning that cannot satisfy us or bring us freedom, both physically and spiritually? What is the Holy Spirit asking you to sell and give up to go after this treasure and pearl this morning that is Jesus? Jesus is our treasure. We should go after him with everything that we have. He's inviting us this morning. He's re-inviting us. If we've walked with Jesus for a long time, he's re-inviting us to go after him in a deeper way. If you want to experience the kingdom of God, one thing that we've been praying at TCC is that we want to see city transformation. Ladies and gentlemen, what the Lord has shown me is that we're not just going after city transformation. We're wanting to see the gospel be shared all over this county and the city. This is why we plant churches. This is why we're going after, because we want to find the teen moms. We want to find the artists. We want to find that people that have other things above all things in their life, and we want to introduce them to Jesus, the Lord and King of everyone in their lives. We want to teach that the gospel is real. And the only way we can teach that is if we walk in power and authority that the Holy Spirit gives us every single day. And he gives us that through communion with him by reading our word, by praying, by spending time with him, by making sure that I protect my prayer life. Gospel says that the house of the Lord should be a house of prayer. We have to pray. We have to get back and pray, church. We have to get back to the, the, the old ways of spending time in prayer and reading the word. This isn't a microwave lifestyle. The kingdom of God is here, and it's wanting to expand and grow. But the only way it does is if we allow it here first. We want to see transformation in our community. Let it start with me, Lord. We want to see the, my family transform. Let it start with me, Lord. We've experienced brokenness, division, and all that in my life. Help me, Lord. Because when he does that, everything else, he will give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and how to address some of these things that we're going through in life. What do you have in your life that you should lay down 
at the feet of Jesus. See, the beauty of the gospel, the beauty of the gospel is that I cannot do this on my own. I cannot do this life on my own. We need a Savior to free us and deliver us from this broken world. See, if we have Jesus, we have everything we need. Team, let's come up. Church, can we stand and pray? And I... If I went over a little bit, I want to apologize, but I I did want to share this with you. Because as you guys go into the next six months as a church, I want the Lord to move in you as a body. You are a vital part of this community, and I want to see this community. I want this community saved. I want this community to be, I want this community to hear the gospel. I want to see the young and the old come together, and I want to see God move in them. No more No more boundaries, no more of these things where we're putting man-made things. But we're just wanting truth, the way and the life of Jesus in our churches. I want to see God move. I want to see God move. I want to see God move at TCC. I want to see him move here at Sunrise. I want him to see him move in our churches that are dying in our community right now. Because we put regulations, we put things and structures around the Holy Spirit and the kingdom of God because we think we know better and we... I'm going to tell you right now, we don't know more than God. And that's a good thing. It's a very good thing. And I think the Lord is stirring hearts with many denominations and churches, and they're, they just want Jesus. So, let's pray. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I ask this morning that you touch our hearts. Transform us within, Lord. Allow your word to transform us, Lord. Whatever we're holding on, Lord, to anything that we're idolizing, Lord, we're putting above you. We lay it down at your feet this morning, Lord, and we ask this morning, Lord, that we want you. We want you to transform us. We want you to reveal yourself to us, Lord. We want to be in communion with you, Holy Spirit. That your kingdom come and your will be done in our lives. We want to include you in every decision. What would it look like, Lord, for a church to be fully surrendered to you in everything that we do? The only way we can do that is by you guiding us. Teach us how to love you. Teach us how to live in communion with you, Lord. We cannot do this on our own. I cannot do this on our own. My brothers and sisters cannot do this on our own, Lord. We pray for this community, Lord. We pray for the churches that are surrounded here, Lord, that are are being represented in this community, Father. We ask for revival, Lord, and we pray for you to consume every person, every child, every son, and every daughter, Lord. Teach us how to bring heaven on earth here in our family, in our community, Lord. But start within our heart, Lord. Every tradition we lay down at your feet, Lord. And we ask that your kingdom of heaven will be revealed to us, Lord. We do not want to miss it, Lord. We want you to work in our hearts and our lives, Lord. We love you, Lord. We worship you, Father. We are so thankful, Lord, that you saved us and you brought us out of darkness into the light, Lord. 
Thank you for healing the bodies, Lord, that are sick here today, Lord, that are needing healing, Lord. Thank you for revealing yourself to them, Lord, as their healer and their provider, Lord. We pray for those that are in financial crisis right now, Lord. We ask that you bless them, Lord, and, and be their provider, Lord. Show them that they can't provide on their own, Lord, that you are their provider. Lord, we pray for relationships that are here, Lord, that may feel broken, that may feel like they're disconnected, Lord. Maybe a mom or dad that are disconnected from their children, Lord. We pray for restoration and reconciliation in this place. As we lift you up this morning, Lord, as the highest thing in our life, Lord. We worship you because you deserve it all. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name.